0: Reality, oh there goes gravity oh there goes gravity choke he's so mad, but he won't give up dadies he knows he won't have it he knows his whole back at's rocks its own mad he's told he knows that he's pro. he's so stack that he knows when he goes back to this mobile home that's when
1: it's
2: everybody welcome to the Super Bowl edition of reporting is eligible our sort of season ending show that was kind of last week though um it was a game It was a that was a Super Bowl. There's been a little news since then too. Um, there's been some Aaron news. There's been um, some MVP debates and crap like that. But um, to help me give the general uh, consensus and whatever we can learn out of the Super Bowl. Um, we have first in urban Wawatosa, proud owner of a nice new vehicle. Uh, that's
3: right. It's J.R. Radcliffe trending sports reporter. For the milwaukee journal sentinel that's right brand new uh brand new car same as the old car the car that got <laughs> stolen just this one is red and a little newer and a little nicer and uh a little more expensive and we'll uh we'll see what we can do but um yeah it wasn't uh wasn't wasn't my favorite thing to get a new vehicle but we are we are back up and running full strength every everybody is uh is happy well by everybody i mean me <laughs> and uh and yeah here we are talking about the talking about football again when we said that last Two weeks ago, that was our season finale, and here yeah. we are already doing uh, doing addendum episodes or whatever whatever we're calling it. I feel it. like this it's like a special extremely...
2: episode if it's not really Packer-focused, and, and sure. you know, the Super Bowl's not really Packer-focused at all, um, so I, I think it, it, it counts. You know, the Packers this season, this is bonus content. This, is, this shows that we know stuff about other teams, even though... No, we, I don't know I shit don't know. about I'm... other teams.
3: I watched one game Same. of football that yeah. didn't involve the Packers, and it was <laughs> Sunday, so... <laughs>
2: I learned a lot about the Bengals this year. Actually, I know a lot about them now. But I kind of uh, we'll get to this. I I'm not a big Rams fan. I feel like this Super Bowl was like the equivalent of like the mid game mini boss winning the whole thing. Like, you know, they're, they're the team you have out there to like prove that some other team is good. Uh, this should have been like the Joe Burrow ascension. That's what should have happened. Like young quarterback, uh top prospect, number one one, um, getting over the hump against a. Good, but not great. Like, I don't know. Annoying. But before we move on to how annoying, and I'm Matt, but you yes. can call me. <laughs> we back, baby, up and yes. running. Perfect.
1: Uh, is is the perfect amount of time for the bit. Yeah. My name is Matt, but you can call me Mattub. Acme Packing Company, meme weaver, and general Twitter rabble rouser.
2: Oh, yes. And and in the tradition of the show, I don't think I introduced myself. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. I've been good lately. But I'm I'm Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company. Also. And the Shepherd Express also. Um, And, yeah, so I guess to kick things off, what would you guys think of the Super Bowl? Um, I I would say I had low expectations going in because I just didn't care that much. Not just because the Packers weren't in it, but because there wasn't a great, like, storyline or dominant team. Or even, like, it's nice to have Tom Brady there sometimes just as, like, a foil. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I was disappointed by the game, but I did think that they had a good commercial and halftime show. Uh, and that's I think the highlights uh, for me were halftime
1: show. Halftime show was elite. I didn't really pay attention to the commercials. Um, you thought- know, that, there's a lot of players, individual players on the Rams that the general Twitterverse was happy to see get rings. So I think that that's supposed to be the takeaway.
2: I guess, like
1: uh. oh, Aaron Donald and OBJ and Matt Stafford and Andrew Whitworth. Um, you know, like these guys got rings, and yay!
3: <laughs> I just don't... yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I think uh
1: you just think they, it's cool because you look like Andrew Whitworth.
3: I, I do. I love it. <laughs> I, I, well, more importantly, I just turned forty. Andrew Whitworth is also forty. We are basically the same person, so I'm extremely happy that the oldest player in the NFL, now that Tom Brady is gone, uh, got himself a ring, and he is a tackle. I love that.
1: Did you see? Did you see when they cut to his wife watching the game? Not. I did so not. So it was her and their. I think they have three kids. Mm-hmm. Um and she was in just like a like a sensible, cute outfit, leaning back in her chair with her feet up on the ledge in front of her with two wine glasses. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> just living living her best well, just life. Excellent.
3: Just because her husband is playing the Super Bowl doesn't mean she's going to treat it like any other Super Bowl party <laughs> exactly. at her house. That is rock star. Love it. Yeah. Love it so much. Um yeah, I I I you know it was fine. Like honestly, I didn't hate the game as much as I think a lot of people did. Not because it wasn't a technical marvel of a football game, obviously, but like it came down to the wire. I can appreciate that. I'm I'm not as down on the the officiating as, as others because I think the Rams were going to score, whether or not they make that egregious pass interference call on the Bengals <laughs> linebacker oh, no. on first and goal from the four. Uh, they they you know that was first and goal from the four. They would have figured it out. I think they should have let Matthew Stafford score on the ensuing uh, the ensuing snap. But I'm confused why they didn't. But uh, you know it was uh, it was fine. It was fine. It, it came out of the wire, which which fit the best parts of these post this postseason, which I think was very good, other than the uh, the team that we care about wasn't playing. And I think uh, I think that's probably the downer is that you could see the Packers beating every single one of these teams that you saw. I mean, we, yeah. we
1: literally did. Yeah,
3: we did. Exactly. The final four teams. <laughs> that's correct. Yes. Well, Not the final four, but certainly the two in the Super Bowl. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's frustrating.
2: It's it's also not like any of these teams drastically improved from the regular season and and aesthetically too like I don't like that Burrow got hurt um, no. and it was quasi dirty it wasn't you know it was a tangled up mess of a hit and not super bad I mean like,
1: the, it's the Rams have a history of not being completely yeah, on the level they do and when you when you grab someone to the ground and then roll them over on top of you after the tackle it feels purposeful
2: and it he, it kind of wrecked the game because Burrow was not the same after that happened for no all, absolutely I mean, for obvious reasons he couldn't move it yeah.
3: yeah I think I think it when because the Rams I did think we're going to score I also thought that was curtains because I didn't think Joe Burrow had the health in him to lead a march down the field so that was that was a, a disappointment that did I, I, I do think that sucked a little bit of air out of the balloon for sure yep
1: uh, and also, if uh, the Bengals middle linebacker, what's his name? Uh, Fifty-five.
2: Oh man, yeah. He's played such great defense, and I forgot his name. Um, if he
1: if he was wearing white gloves, his holding call isn't called. <laughs> That's, oh, you think? So I was, I I was watching some uh, some analysis from some former players, and they said that if he's wearing white gloves, his tug on the jersey at the top of the route is not even not noticed. Seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's because he's wearing he's wearing orange gloves.
2: I can see I can see that it sticks out. This is the play at the end of the game.
1: the uh, the, the holding, call, the holding that, call on Cooper Cup that that kept oh, the Rams alive.
2: Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. So I, he's I feel like the Super Bowl seems to be was ages ago because I forgot the other part of that play. The other part of that play is uh, the Rams jumped off sides on it. Yeah, the Rams were also offsides. Yeah, they 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 were they false started that wasn't called and got a penalty oh, yeah. uh, right. against the Bengals on it. So they should have been five yards back.
1: <laughs> yep. And yeah, so well, also like it was an incompletion. Like I, I would have taken the down, but fair enough. Well, excuse me, but yeah, I guess false start is a dead ball. Oh, anyway, it is, but yeah. regardless, um, so yeah, his his quote unquote holding would have gone unnoticed. Were he wearing white gloves,
2: hmm. sadly. Fifty five on the, the Bengals is Logan Wilson, by the way.
1: Logan Wilson, thank you. I, I wanted to say Luke Wilson, but I was like, that's not right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say Sam Hubbard, but I don't think that's him. So I was uh, keeping my mouth shut there, uh, and I'm glad I did. I think the the if you look back, the the couple highlights were first half highlights. You know, the Odell Beckham touchdown was kind of cool. The Jamar Chase yeah. throw down the sideline to cook. I think that was Jalen Ramsey who got cooked again. Um, I don't. I wouldn't call Jalen Ramsey a fraud necessarily, but like that was a
2: horrendous. Game is he, he gave good? up 160 yards. I is think, he good? Like I don't kept think picking he's on good. It. I think he's overrated. I think he might be like a good zone corner who's easy to get out of zone. Um, because like he was ranked, he was PFF's like number one or number two graded guy. But if you look at their splits, like they were bad against number one. They were bad against all outside receivers, and he plays against all outside receivers. They were especially not great against number ones. They were 16th in the league and about average. And we've seen, have we seen Jalen Ramsey ever do anything impressive? Like, De- Devontae always cooks him. Um, yeah. It, it it just seems like it's fake. Uh, and, and their secondary is not a strength. They they weren't great. Um, the, the pass rush is awesome. It won them the game. It dominated the hell out of Cincinnati. But they were able to c- complete passes when they had time all the time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he's actually good. I I don't trust Jalen Ramsey anymore. Um I saw a lot of excuses after the game of just like, oh, it's hard to be a number one corner these days, and that like there's not like a true lockdown corner. But and
1: they're like, oh, he had that, he had the one face mask on the big play that he gave up, and it's like, okay, well, he also had DPI in the end zone that wasn't called. He
2: did. (laughs) And like all the Packer corners this year played better than all the Jalen Ramsey games I watched, so uh, I'm I'm down on him. I don't think he's good.
3: All right, so let's get to the litigation of Matthew Stafford's Hall of Fame case because that has dominated dominated Uh. Twitter. It's Dude, the game
1: and not even Matthew Stafford. The people on good morning football were crowning uh, Joe Mixon as the best quarterback in the AFC. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow. Sorry. Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Yeah. Joe Mixon yeah. had his Joe, moment. Joe a Mar- touchdown pass, so Joe many- Mixon had as many touchdown passes as Joe Burrow. So yeah. it's, it, it's worth noting.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think going into the game, I, I do think there was a lot of Joe Burrow love and, and also a couple of people who I think pointed out fairly, Joe Burrow also made a lot of mistakes that he got away with. So mm-hmm. like, He's going. He, you know, he's number one pick. He's he's had he's had fine years. He's gonna be probably pretty special someday. And he uh, probably got to the Super Bowl a little earlier than uh, than than I guess he he was destined to get there. I don't think he's quite a finished product yet.
1: Okay, so who else has made the Super Bowl in their second year? Mm, that's a good um, question. Elway did L- did uh, he did he? I'm pretty sure. I thought Elway Marino did sure. I thought L- Marino. Did Marino. I believe Marino did. That's what I'm thinking of. Wasn't Marino so, a rookie
2: um, when he did it? Or was that? We don't know, Jack. Okay. Yeah, so yeah we're know. terrible. We did not research this. <laughs> um, how dare you? How te- dare you, Matt?
1: Technically, Jim Kelly, uh, but he had been playing pro football USFI, before that. Yeah. Um, right, I'm looking this up. I
2: think that's it. I thought Marino made it as a rookie and then was like, oh, we'll be back hundreds of times. And then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that went. Oops. Um, but I could be wrong about
1: that. Yeah, Marino is either first or second year, but yeah. regardless, it's like like the amount of people who have second. made the Super Bowl. It was Bowl... not first. I was wrong. Okay. So the amount of people who have made the Super Bowl this early in their career is a very short list.
2: Yeah, it is. And uh, Joe Burrow was um, had some legitimate claims to greatness this year, too. He was a dominant uh, in CPOE. He was a very good EPA per play guy. Um, but, you know, he wasn't the best quarterback in the AFC by a, by a country mile. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Well, So someone was talking about that, and Nate Tice retweeted it. And I was like, Nate, didn't you know that during the Super Bowl, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Lamar Jackson all died? <laughs> so <laughs> Burrow is now the best <laughs>
2: That's what it would have taken.
3: I like him. I like I like the swag. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, I I like what I see, but he he needs an offensive line. And it isn't going to get him killed, or he's, he's never going to survive.
1: And here's something interesting about the, the, uh, Bengals, seven of their defensive starters were not on the team two years ago. Yeah. That's, um, so they, they built their defense through free agency. They absolutely could build an offensive line very quickly and be back.
3: Yeah. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. You're right. Yep. I I think that'd be cool. It's nice when it's not one of the blue bloods just uh, plowing their way through the AFC. I don't don't know if if the Chiefs are quite that, but uh, I don't know. I was pretty happy to see them make it at the very least. I think um, with Stafford, I I, I am a little puzzled, actually. I'm puzzled that the consensus seems to have fallen on. Yeah, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. That honestly shocks me. Like I am not prepared to even consider him as a Hall of Famer. (laughs) So
1: Matthew Stafford has a lot of counting stats he does it's, uh, okay um, <laughs> uh what, what is that they that called him in detroit uh statue padford yes, stats. yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and so he has gaudy counting stats and he now has a ring um but the thing that bothers me is yeah he's got the counting stats when has he ever been top five in anything other than like yards um
2: I can I can tell you um, the only things he's ever led the league in are attempts twice <laughs> in, in 2012 and 2013 and completions in 2012 he had 435 completions his completion percentage that year was 59.8 holy shit <laughs> <laughs> but he had he led the league in completions which is kind of amazing <laughs> he had I think he oh threw God. 727 passes in 2012 and had 20 touchdowns that's ridiculously
1: low that is an incredibly low touchdown percentage i know that quarterback
3: wins we rail against them and that's fine for uh, evaluation that's fine if we're talking hall of fame though it's i think it's a very difficult case like right now that was a good good season they got 12 wins uh that's that's the most he's ever gotten in a season he's had 111 win season 110 win season that's it he's a he's a career losing uh losing record that's not a deal breaker. There are guys who are right around 500 and a little below 500. Sonny Jurgensen, um, Joe Namath is the... Yeah, ex- I was going to say, ex- isn't, isn't
1: Joe, Joe Namath? Yeah, he's
3: pretty- right at 500. It might be a little below. Uh, Warren Moon, right at 500 or, or just above. And and I, I looked back at Warren Moon's case, and I'm not entirely sure why he's in the Hall of Fame. But there are guys who fit oh, that profile. I, tell you I know that, a, a lot of people... So
1: <laughs> Warren Moon is what Matthew Stafford wishes he was.
3: In terms of total counting stats?
1: but Warren Moon was a just a monster for a bad team sure. in the way that Matthew Stafford wishes he could have been.
3: Well, yeah, and I mean some of some of Moon's teams were very good. I mean and it, Moon threw for like 550 yards in a game once. But like the the thing of it is like pro bowls, I know aren't meaningful. I think they're less meaningful to the current crop of guys who will be evaluated in the Hall of Fame because you have more guys who are not playing in the Pro Bowl, thus expanding the rosters of the Pro Bowl. So I think we're not going to see that considered quite as much as they might be now in Hall of Fame evaluations. you, You just can't. If you're a quarterback, they pick three guys a year and you've only made one Pro Bowl. I, I just don't know how you look at that. Now now maybe he makes the next three Pro Bowls, four Pro Bowls, and his and his resume has that on there. But I I don't know what you point to to say this guy truly is an elite player who belongs to the Hall of Fame. He has a a Super Bowl. So does I mean Jim Plunkett has two of them. That guy was never a Pro Bowler and <laughs> is not in the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning has has two of them, but Eli Manning at least went to a bunch of Pro Bowls. Eli Eli's, like at least you Eli's say
2: going to be a Hall of Famer. Like I think I'm so sorry. too. Because I think the, so too. But that well, the, they're, they're they're two pieces of a, they're they're the same thing. They're I two agree. I, in I, I, disagree. I disagree. I disagree. How do you disagree? Because Eli
1: Manning's Super Bowl wins tell a better story and the whole like t- tell the story of the NFL and Eli unseated the oh, Patriots dynasty.
2: Okay, that's fair. Um, So on a narrative standpoint,
3: I just don't think the narrative stuff gets involved. Having seen the Leroy Butler situation up close and and kind of the last following it pretty closely the last couple of years, how their process works and everything and only five guys get in a year. I mean, you've got to have that narrative. So I think that's a good good way of looking at it. I just don't know how that rises above. In Stafford's case especially, rises above all the other guys are going to be eligible. And there is a huge backlog of guys who should be in the Hall of Fame. And you've got to compare eras, which is really challenging. And you're going to have you're going to have 10 quarterbacks with way more pro bowls, way more all pro selections. I, I just don't know how Stafford is is going to compete there. I don't. The only know.
1: way the only way Stafford I think is a lock to the Hall of Fame is if he plays for four more years and gets two MVPs in those four years.
3: I, I, think, I mean he could he could play four more years and make four Pro Bowls and, and go back to a Super Bowl and like yes now we're talking. But he doesn't have it right now.
1: But his in in his Super Bowl season his wide receiver got
2: more MVP votes than he did.
3: Yeah,
1: it's,
2: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean a, a lot of a lot of the the hype around Stafford in the Hall of Fame is I think much more a a criticism by nerds like me of what they think the voters will do like that's that's really more of what i agree with you than completely. an honest assessment of what stafford is it is oh the dopes will put in stafford and it's an opportunity to say that and feel smart um and uh, i mean i've been guilty of it I, I think i even said before the game like i put it in active packing company slack if you if he gets a ring does he get in and i I think he does, but I do think it's a bit of a race against time. And um, I think there are definitely old guard who will put him in and see that he has, you know, 50,000 passing yards, um, and uh, and a ring, and and they'll give him a pass on Detroit because it's Detroit, and you know it's hard to win in Detroit, and that that'll be good enough. But uh, you know he's not going to retire next year, and the voting block is going to look a lot different ten years from now than it does now, and it's you know everybody. Who is like our age does not think Stafford belongs in the Hall of Fame as his case currently exists. So, um, I, I think it'll be close for him. If he wants in, he should retire tomorrow. Like it's his best chance. Start that clock. Um, <laughs> I'm, I am upset
1: at Arif Hassan because now anytime time I hear the word case, cookus. I automatically. Yep.
3: Yeah, <laughs> case cookies case I think uh, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom to what you're saying, and I, I think one potential argument could be. Why are we voting in any centers or linebackers? Why are we not just voting in the quarterbacks? Because they're the most important player on any team starting in the 90s, and, and they're really the only guys who matter. They are the difference between winning Super Bowls and doing nothing. That's obviously not true in every case, but in many cases. So I could see down the line where, like, Well, guys like Stafford and Eli Manning and everybody should be in. But right now, there is sort of, I think, an intentionality towards spreading the wealth amongst the different positions and getting guys in who, you know, safeties were kind of on a run right now with Lynch, Atwater and Butler. Now, I don't think we're going to see another safety for quite some time. Um, because they're gonna pay attention to other positions yep. that haven't been served to that degree. So yeah, well,
1: Ed, I mean, Ed, Ed Reed's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, but Ed, he's already in. He's yeah, in. Yeah, like, like that's there's part of your your run. Like, well, I'm, right, I'm, right.
3: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, like, yeah. And, so, and I,
1: I can't think of another one outside of Ed Reed in the. in in the logjam.
3: And and maybe it takes care of itself that way anyway. I just think there's going to be attention to the fact that we've got other positions that haven't had as much lately. You've got Roethlisberger and Brady that just retired. They're going to have to both get in. And so there's going to be... Eli is gonna have to wait his turn I don't think Eli is anything close to a first ballot guy based on the current system he may get in I think he probably does get in but he is not a slam dunk nope. he's a he's a guy who's gonna have to wait around a little bit he'll
2: be close and he'll tell us a lot about Stafford's chances too I think I agree like, completely. if he gets in by a lot then I think Stafford is much more likely to get in if he mm-hmm. sk- if he skirts in barely then Stafford's got no shot um, can I go back really quickly to Warren Moon and the Warren Moon slander that yeah, I heard talk earlier? To us. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> slander. Before we dismiss Warren Moon, and I've had to argue with people about Warren Moon already this week, everybody needs to keep in mind, Warren Moon was a 28-year-old rookie in the NFL. He played five seasons in the CFL before starting in the NFL, mostly because of racism from the NFL. Also, uh,
1: what, what did he do in the
2: CFL? He was awesome.
1: He, he Not only was he awesome, he <laughs> ruled ass. He was the best quarterback <laughs> the CFL has ever seen.
2: Yeah, so he was a 28-year-old rookie, and he is very high in a lot of NFL counting stats, despite missing essentially five years of his prime. Um, he had top five DVOA seasons three times uh, in the early 90s. He, he peaked at two. Um, he has uh, six top Uh, 10 DVOA finishes in his career in the NFL, again, despite missing those five. Um, He's got three seasons where he led the NFL in yards uh, total, one where he led in touchdowns, uh, three where he led in yards per game. And he was a, he, he was a top five MVP finisher twice and a top 10, three times. So I think Warren moon does belong, especially when you consider that he lost his age 24 through 27 seasons (laughs) in the first place. Uh, And, almost certainly would be first in a lot of counting stats had he had an extra five seasons of football. So Warren Moon was I mean, awesome. You've completely convinced me. I, I definitely wasn't going to like
3: die on that hill or anything. <laughs> uh, I was just looking for comps, guys, who had maybe at first blush resumes that didn't jump out at you. Uh, Matthew Stafford at second and third blush does not have a resume that jumps out at you. And I mean, he put his body on the line, like no shade. He worked. He, he did everything he could for the Detroit lions. He was, he played hurt. He had a ton of second half comebacks. Mm-hmm. You know, he had great, he had a great receiver. He had a hall of fame receiver, but little else to work with. And he was awesome. He's, he's been a very good player. I just think at some point you got to have the production that is not just you know, I'm I'm a really solid quarterback on a bad team. Like, there you have to have more than just one ring before <laughs> before you get that resume.
1: Also, speaking of, um, Warren Moon led the league in game winning drives three times.
3: Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's awesome. He was awesome. All right. Um, if Aaron Donald retires at the same time, he'll have to wait behind Aaron Donald because that guy's mm-hmm. a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, Holy Aaron. Smokes. Aaron Stop.
1: Donald is. I mean, all time great. Yeah, like right. Like the greatest better than Reggie team. White, maybe? Like, do Aaron, do I dare enter that territory? Well, Aaron, Aaron Donald puts up gaudy edge rusher numbers from the interior. Yeah, which is insane. While, yeah, while getting triple teamed. Like, Aaron Donald is actually it's the thing that I that I thought about Aaron Donald today because there are a lot of shirtless pictures of him going around. <laughs> Aaron Aaron Donald is what like like two seventy five, two eighty, give or take, with visible abs. So he has roughly the same lean body mass as Reggie White. So he's like the same contractile tissue amount of strength (laughs) as Reggie White being 40 pounds less. So he can also get the speed like his his ability to hold mass on his frame is otherworldly. It's alien.
2: Yep. So he he probably should have been the MVP of the game. N- nothing against Cooper Cup, yeah. who also had a great game. They they apparently stopped the voting at the two minute warning, which I mean is an insane thing to do, yeah. given what can happen. Yeah. In the well, because there is because, an entire history of bad Super Bowl MVP. Right? Because they need to
1: <laughs> they need to interview the person and say, okay, you're going to say Disneyland, right? You're going to say Disneyland.
2: Mm-hmm. But That's uh, gross. Aaron Donald, aside from the the sack at the end of the game, had. Two like stuffs on either third or fourth and one where he just reached out with his arm and just dropped um Semaj Pirine straight down. Samaj Semaj Pirine, whatever. That's really funny. He needs we'll never get it. Uh he needs to change how his last name is pronounced. It's not a game.
1: It's speaking of Aaron Donald, hey when the game is on the line and it's third
2: and one, like maybe don't run a draw. Don't do that, especially without Joe Mixon. So stupid. Uh, no, it wasn't
1: Joe Mixon. It was the other guy. No, that's
2: why I said without Joe Mixon is yeah, even dumber. It was, <laughs> was Pirine. Like, you're running a teeny tiny guy into <laughs> Aaron Donald. Like, don't do that. That's stupid. Bad job. Were, it was not was a well-coached game. Badly coached yeah, coaching coach calls.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sean, Sean McVay uh, now has a, has a Super Bowl title with the worst rushing game in the Super Bowl history. Um, 1.8 yards a carry with way more volume than the game that he he beat.
2: By gum, he established that run though. <laughs> that yeah, wasn't for
3: sh- wasn't for lack of trying. He yep. kept giving it the giving the ball off to somebody.
2: Pretty sure the longest rush of the game was eight yards. I believe that's like, correct. It was like the last <laughs> rush of the game too. I think. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was ugly.
2: I I mean the entire,
3: I don't I don't even know. There's no NFL game where you want to be establishing the run anymore. That's
2: over. That's that, I mean, maybe that comes back someday. But honestly,
1: it's the Super Bowl that we watched. If you would have told me that that was a wild card game, I'd believe you.
2: Yeah, we've like, seen a lot of wild card like, games like that.
1: It was a. It was the quality of a wild card game.
3: Well, the game. Bengals are a wild card ish team. I know yeah. they won the division, but like the Rams are ma- probably the best team in the West. But there's an argument for <laughs> two other teams in the same division. I yep. mean, not not a good one because you know they ended up beating San Francisco. In the right, end, but yeah, but like,
1: but also Kyler uh, having a meltdown.
3: <laughs> yeah, extending positive. into the offseason. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus. Oh boy, but uh, yeah, the Rams they don't impress me either, Paul. Coming back to that first point.
1: I, I, calm, pa- calm down, the, Shania Twain. The
3: Packers beat them.
1: <laughs> so, so you're the Super Bowl champ. That do not impress, impress me much. <laughs>
3: so you've got the ring, but do you got the touch? <laughs> Packers would beat them nine times out of 10, right? Yep, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely.
1: The, we're talking about the Bengals, yes. We're talking the, about the Rams. Rams. We're talking well, about the Rams. Well, yeah, they already beat the Rams. I'm saying, like, in, in a replay of the Super Bowl, the Packers would play the Bengals. Oh, I see see your point. Okay,
3: I'm just saying the Packers, if they were to meet the Rams and with any stakes, would beat them nine times out of ten. Yes, that's probably an overstatement, but I feel good about it.
2: I don't think it's an overstatement. I I stand by that. It's just. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I mean the Bengals at least, and we've talked about this, but like if Evan McPherson doesn't miss two kicks, which as we've learned is an extreme rarity, yeah, no kidding. Uh, the, the Packers would have be would have lost to the Bengals. They shouldn't have lost that game, but they would have. And Evan McPherson has missed two kicks since then, since missing two against the Packers throughout the rest of the regular season and playoffs, he missed two more, just field goals. He did not miss an extra point, but two field goals the rest of the way. That's bonkers, bonkers yeah. bananas, bonkers bananas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you guys want to talk about Super Bowl heads?
2: Uh Yeah. We, I mean, qu- quick con- congratulations to Von Jefferson for having a baby during yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, um, also
1: shout-outs shout to uh, him as well for the picture that's going around of him with his child. He's doing skin-to-skin.
2: Okay. All and right. Anyone
1: who's had a child recently knows that uh, nurses are huge on, like, Dad, pop that shirt off. Pop the shirt off. We got to do skin-to-skin.
4: Huh. Okay. So he's
1: not—he's not being a shirtless jerk. He was probably yelled at by a nurse to do that. That's
3: mm. fine. Whatever. I gotta
1: tell you, I did not take my shirt off in public,
3: or or otherwise yeah. for my child. They can rest for, on my—I I I wear mean, short sleeves. They can rest on my
2: on my arms. That's, for both.
1: That for both of my children, I was accosted by nurses. Mm-hmm. Dad, pop that shirt off. We gotta do skin to skin. Would have been skin oh, to, that's ridiculous. Skin to
2: hair for me, maybe
1: not as good. So. <laughs> yeah. No
3: yeah. doubt. <laughs> It's like, uh, oh, there's a Sasquatch in the hospital.
1: <laughs> but I guess also we do have some Packer stuff
2: to talk about, right? Well, yeah, but let's do ads first. We can do all ads. Can that's do ads. fine. All right.
1: So, okay, something I don't like. I'm, I'm actually going to veto this right away. Okay. The Bud Light Seltzer Guy Fieri ad.
2: Is this because Guy Fieri is a good person? Because we all know that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, we all, we all know that. Oh, so we we're supposed to say Fieri, right? Because that's how his name is. No, but that ad was. It was a funny one-liner that just got stretched too long.
3: Welcome to Super Bowl ads.
1: Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's like, like like hey, we're taking this to Flavortown, and then you reveal that it's Guy Fieri. End of ad. <laughs> you end the ad there and it's the best Super Bowl ad. And then it just kept going. <laughs>
2: uh, I don't know. I got it. I would have to see it. What, did you guys like the Larry David one? I I couldn't get past that I didn't like the product. So I right. I, I can't be an honest assessor of how it was. Um
1: uh I think uh I think Larry David doesn't know what he was advertising.
3: That makes it better. You're <laughs>
1: right about that.
3: I'm pretty cool with anything Larry David does. So I liked it in principle, but I am very removed from what crypto is doing and uh, just flooding the Super Bowl with advertisements. It was. It became a little bit just... At that point, whenever that was, I was like, I'm just sick of ads for things I don't understand, which <laughs> so, is on me and not on the product. But I was just like, I, I'm not interested.
1: Also, uh, Paul, you have the Soprano Chevy ad as your number one
2: with a question mark you're a I'm, sopranos I, guy that ad was offensive what was
1: you can't you can't do the sopranos intro with one not uh not a uh suburban and oh, two geez. after he dies you can't do a post they did an world.
3: entire movie with his son playing him they did i yeah. think they're fine with Trampling on whatever legacy James Gandolfini left behind. I'm pretty sure. James certain.
1: Gandolfini, thank you. I was like, I was like I'm blanking so on the net. Oh, yeah. I actually he have, was I, awesome in Get Shorty, by the way.
2: He was. <laughs> he was great Get Shorty. Uh, outstanding. I do have a question about this ad, though, that I wanted to throw at JR. I assume you've watched all The Sopranos.
3: I am indeed a Sopranos fan, yes. M- Matt, I'm have you at least
2: episode. watched the last episode of The Sopranos? The way it ends, yeah. Okay. So um, I actually saw multiple um, media takes on this um, t- having different takes on the kind of hug that the kids did at the end of the ad, both arguing okay. that it proved something about the last episode if it was canon. God. I'm
1: so sick <laughs> so, of this. So, what in the flying fornication? My question is, do it they it look, like
2: a, <laughs> it look like a sad hug uh, uh, or, or a happy hug?
1: Oh, okay. So it's like, it is the is the top wiggling at the end of Inception? Exactly.
2: Okay. I get it. I
3: get it um i did not realize there was a hug critique going on out there i you know for me it was just like hey look those two actors are back uh (laughs) and it's the freedom tower instead of the twin towers and everything's cool uh yeah i i did not i have not dug that deeply david chase has talked about the ending like he's talked about it probably more than sopranos fans would like him to Mm -hmm. you know you can look it up i don't i don't want to spoil it necessarily but like it's not overtly beating you over the head with how it's happening, but like you can kind of pretty clear, <laughs> you know, how it ends, yes. guys. Like, right. that's, it's, not that's, a, that's that's when it mystery. fades out, yeah. Right,
1: you right. know, it's really funny. Is um, so my they also parents
3: tell you in the show, like they they have a line that sets it all up, <laughs> they in the do, show. they do. That's and, true. And I mean, it, it goes to black,
2: yeah, that's genius,
3: but like I don't know what more they you want from <laughs> other than the end of the journey song. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry,
1: <laughs> no worries. Uh, so back then um it like not everyone had hbo right like in the way that like game of thrones is just like everyone watched game of thrones air quotes everyone yeah um i remember so my parents specifically got hbo to watch the sopranos mm-hmm. and i was like this was like it had to be like early 1999 and i was walking by the living room and i heard someone yelling about mario cat <laughs> And i was like <laughs> who in the hell still plays mario kart <laughs> like it turns out Man. i'm pretty sure that's a line in the in the pilot where oh, like maybe um I what's her face a long so time. the 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 mom is lecturing the son i like i said i'm not a big fan um yeah and she's uh-huh. like she's like you're gonna come home right from school you're not going to be playing mario kart with your friends but she says it in like the most like Long Island way possible. That's like, that's like my only recollection of the Soprano show while it was actually airing.
3: I did have to explain what was going on to my family during that commercial because uh, uh, obviously I'm rocking out to the, to the a3 song song, and and uh they have no idea what any of it means so i explained it i did not know who was driving for the longest time it took me a long time to realize that was jamie lynn sigler i thought it was i i I didn't know what was happening uh so i did i did i did dig the ending a little bit there but i mean it didn't like to me there was no there was no nod to the sopranos like mythology or anything i just like oh that's cool uh, but but the
1: hug the hug at the end though apparently it's very (laughs) revealing
3: guys the answer's out there
1: there's no there's no secret there's no as to how it
3: ended yep not really not really yep. i mean
1: there's enough ambiguity that in the storytelling but like it's okay but here's the question was he shot or was he hit in the back of the head with something does it fucking does it matter matters? who
3: cares <laughs> i don't know <laughs>
1: probably shot that's the that, sudden the sudden
2: way to go mm-hmm. right yeah
3: if you hit in the back of the head
2: with something you'd be like oh oh what are you doing and then to black <laughs>
3: I mean, if he was shot in the head, that means that Jamie Lynn Sigler was driving from therapy
1: to visit her brother. Cause like that is what a, if she went, what if she went to the same therapist?
3: That is a long, yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the therapist got a, uh, she got a raw deal on that show, the way that her character just kind of like petered out in a way. They, they didn't, they lost, they didn't, the they didn't resolve that. Yeah. They did. They did. Yes.
2: Which I kind of get, but, um, yeah, she definitely got a raw deal. It could have done better by her. What do you
1: think? <laughs> Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. Packers We're talking some we talk about so, a show that the ended other
2: one, eight years ago. <laughs> the other weird thing I did want to mention is uh, I thought the Irish Spring ad was horrible, but I thought it was really, really weird that the dirty guy who wanders into the Irish Spring is wearing an actual high school's football t-shirt for uh, like uh, the Hooked'em Broncos or something like that. I Googled yeah. it after. Um, that usually doesn't happen in ads you know you have generic clothing so as you don't so as not to have that happen and like i feel kind of weird if the smelly guy was wearing my high school t-shirt um you know he's not like the hero of the ad or anything like that um just really bizarre to get that on the super bowl and i wonder how it happened I don't know, man. Yeah, no. I didn't even
3: see that. I, I didn't even see the Irish Spring one. I was, was I was looking Just around terrible. at some different ads and didn't find that one. I I watched at my house with my, my kids and my sister's like eight month old twins were over. So like I'm not gonna pretend like I was packed in, patched in, I should <laughs> say, to the to every commercial. I did not see this one.
1: So the I, I always go back to the best Super Bowl ads are the ones that lose the Doritos crash Super Bowl contest.
2: I don't know. Are you guys familiar no, with it so, Not at
1: all. So so between it was like between 2012 and 2017, Doritos had a ad contest where people would just submit what should be the Dorito Super Bowl ads. Okay. And then Doritos would pick the best three or whatever and run those ads. Okay. The ones that lost oh. always ended up being like the like there's there's one from 2012. So this is like this a, guy's,
2: a Jesse Dave Holmes scenario. Yeah, essentially. Okay. But there's one from twenty. What a Paul. Paul. Thank you,
1: Paul. <laughs> Jesse Camp, baby. Anyway. there's one from 2012 where this guy's like we're gonna make doritos today gather your ingredients and this list of ingredients goes by and they're like like <laughs> mythical like things and then he goes and then it like cuts to him in this laboratory with shit going on and he goes okay remember if you're gonna make cool ranch you're gonna to want to get half a horse's winnie and a dream on the wind and like and he goes okay the, we're at the hardest part you have to find a unicorn and make it cry and then he goes, Okay, now you can enjoy your Doritos. And he pulls out a piece of gold and he goes, Damn it, I made gold again. <laughs> it's just like it's super nonsensical and, and okay. hilarious. Nonsensical. I- and it's it's the best Super Bowl ad that never happened. So go watch like like go to the Doritos Crash the Super Bowl and just go watch the ones that lost. Because they're always like too vulgar or too whatever. They're awesome. Yeah.
3: So the uber eats commercial where everybody's eating things that are not food uh Uh, that just came on as we were podcasting i find it disgusting i agree (laughs) super gross i I, honestly like i i couldn't wait till it was over the first time i saw it it's uh, it's channel turning for me i i mean it's like the product was front and center so if we're gonna grade it in terms of effectiveness like uber eats is very clearly the centerpiece there we know the product but oh, I did like the resurrection of the Terry Tate office linebacker
2: concept. Yeah, See, yeah. Twitter yeah. was mayo. Twitter was mad for about copying that. it. Yeah, oh. yeah.
3: So so, and I don't I don't know that I don't know what the controversy would be, but I would guess because Terry Tate only happened the one time at the Super Bowl that that kind of maybe like mythologized it a little bit, like maybe the, the Apple Apple commercial style or or what, <laughs> what what what's
2: the controversy? I I think I, that's I, it. I Just I think lack of originality is is the yeah. The, the but also,
1: who doesn't want to hit Pete Davidson?
2: Like He's, yeah, very,
3: he's very hittable. Strikeable face, yeah. As, absolutely. as he said in the ad. <laughs> very hittable. Terry uh, Taylor was played by
2: Terry Crews, right? Correct. Okay. correct. Also, That no also question. helps. You have a very charismatic, good actor <clears throat> drilling people. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I like that one. Uh, my
3: favorite one involves sloths dancing. Uh, that's That's a plus for me in my old age uh now that i am 40 i just love furry animals dancing and the uh, sloths in particular <laughs> there was a beer cat involved i don't even remember what that was dorito adjacent food stuff I, something i'm never gonna eat but doesn't matter that was cool um that's what that's how my brain's working these days I, i'm not even like <laughs> something I'm, happened arnold schwarzenegger dresses up at zeus like my brain isn't even engaging with that shit yeah, like, that come, was on, bad. come on guys no no uh I'm, I'm here just for the dancing animals and that's it.
2: I I I'm over. I have much. a problem with the Zeus one that I would like to uh get into a little bit more gr- in some more granularity, which is that he leaves Olympus and he's acting all ticked off because uh people keep asking him to use his lightning powers, but it's then the whole thing is about electric cars and how they like you you need to charge those all the time. Like um it would have made more sense if he was doing a, driving a gas car or basically doing anything where electricity wasn't required. Um uh, so I also think that it was <laughs> But electri- a bit of a conceptual nightmare in terms of
1: lightning bolts operate off of alternating current, and battery-operated cars are direct current. I understand Zeus's frustration. Okay, fine. I can't even believe you. Unless you have <laughs> unless you have an inverter associated with your car, Zeus can't just zap it and charge it. It's unfair. It is unfair this to Zeus. Zeus is a fucking god. He can do whatever he wants. He, <laughs> Zeus can't defy the laws of electricity. Okay. All right. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, also, that's... uh Austin Powers ad sucked. I don't care what, what I, anyone
2: says. I, I was kind of torn on it because I, I couldn't decide whether um, I was sick of Austin Powers because I thought it was pretty good in terms of being Austin Powersy, but I also didn't like it, so I, I'm kind of with right. it
1: It would have been a great ad in 1999.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, but... Um, yeah. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it seems like that was the theme is is get the '90s kids excited about stuff because uh, obviously yeah. the halftime show fit the bill there <laughs> with the with the Twitter wide oh. revelation that all of us are old now.
1: <laughs> well, my my okay. So my big my big take on the halftime show one it was awesome. Love yeah, it, it was. Um, two, all the pearl clutching going on about Snoop Dogg. Getting seen smoking weed oh, in the background, but that's but, not
2: real. That's just New York Post. And then, but here's the like,
1: there were legitimately, like, I, 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 I want to say, Karens, like middle-aged white women, upset that that uh, Snoop Dogg was smoking weed in public, in a place where it's legal, and also he didn't do it on camera. Anyway, the people upset about him smoking weed also don't understand the fact that he was just like a walking gang symbol the whole time. <laughs> like he was head to toe in Blue Paisley, which is a crip thing. And he was crip walking and he's a crip. And two of the songs he performed were about being a crip. Like the people mad about him smoking weed aren't hip enough to know that. <laughs> like be mad at the thing that you should be mad at.
3: I feel like we're at the point in the weed conversation where I'm not even I'm not even mad care. at the people who are mad
2: anymore. They're yeah. so irrelevant to me. They are like, you're so they out mean, of touch. Come on. They don't count. So I don't care. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like you said. Getting mad about legal. Snoop Dogg smoking a joint is like quaint. It is. Yeah, right? Like <laughs> Snoop Dogg does that like, before like
3: getting out of bed in the morning. It's like getting like, mad what? about a woman
2: showing off ankle. Like that's the <laughs> level you're of
3: quaintness you're it totally is. You're totally right. What a great did, way to put it.
1: Did you know that Snoop has a guy on his payroll who does nothing but roll blunts? And he makes I, like. <laughs> he, I believe he makes that. Like... No,
2: I, I do believe
3: that. Yes. Yeah. I so, bet he's the best blunt roller in the <laughs> United States of America. But,
1: but Snoop actually said that that guy makes 80K a year.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's amazing
2: god what a good time do you yeah, think I, it
1: comes with health insurance i mean I, he's
2: i think snoop's paying doing doing well by his employees so i would guess like yes. he's,
1: he's got to be hired by like snoop the, llc right like at the
3: yeah. very least you have pharmacy benefits totally. so at the very <laughs> least <laughs> oh man yeah i enjoyed the halftime show i don't know if i loved it quite as much as other people i i wasn't as into hip-hop and rap as a as a youth as much as others i was a youth. i was a guitar guy but i enjoyed it i had a great time i think um i feel like people so like like everyone else i think prince in the rain is the you know gold standard of, of halftime shows but i also like do people forget bruno mars because i thought bruno mars was sensational yeah. when he did it that when beyonce headlined it she was sensational But you know the problem like she with- was like you couldn't stop smiling. She was so good. Well, I, I, They don't get mentioned, though,
2: when we talk about the. Well, you know what happened to funny. Bruno Mars? Coldplay happened no. to Bruno Mars. Yeah, oh. that's that's the problem. People forget the Bruno Mars show because of the Coldplay show. And they brought back uh, Bruno Mars and Beyonce to cover up for Coldplay not being cool enough. Like, oh, so I was, don't
3: remember. I, I don't remember Coldplay. I remember the second time around involving Coldplay. Yeah. where they were like ostensibly the headliner, but in reality they were
2: just being ushered out. But the first time, the first Bruno time was there, phenomenal. But everybody forgets the first time happened because of the. Well, Col- that's what I'm
3: saying. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because Coldplay of Coldplay, it's Coldplay's fault. History. Yes, they yes. did. Well, of course it is. Um, remember when Maroon Five did the halftime? Oh, that was wow. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, like I, I realize that they're just not canonically appreciated, but like Beyonce <laughs> and Bruno, those are. Excellent performances. What, this agreed. was what a fun canon, little. What canon are we talking? About? The, the social universe, <laughs> yeah. the social verse. Like this was, this was good. It was fun. It was great to relive my childhood. Mm-hmm. This was not the performance that those were. You know, it's Prince and everybody else, but Bruno and Beyonce below that. And I, yeah, those are more recent ones. But like the the. Audio and video production is really good in recent ones, so they're naturally going to be better to the home audience than the you know the marching bands that we had in the first few Super Bowls. So ah uh,
2: yes, up with people, up with people. Everybody yes. should go watch if you have if you're young and you are younger than JR and I, you should go watch an old eighties halftime show from the Super Bowl, <laughs> um, and just count yourself lucky for every every performance you've ever seen since then because oh my god was it terrible <laughs> you will look at
3: maroon 5 in a new light like yeah, you wow will. these guys killed they it are Killed awesome. it!
2: they're amazing
3: <laughs> glad to see dr dre looks looks like he is living his best life yeah. he is uh and, not my not my favorite person for some of his uh the the personal the things he's got going on in uh in his legal personal life but yeah. uh those dudes are old, and they don't look it. Like Eminem
1: looks good. That's amazing. It's fucking Fifty Cent. Looks like he fell into a vat of D ball and chicken nuggets. It <laughs> was so weird.
3: At first, when he started descended from the ceiling, I'm thinking, "Oh no, everyone's gonna make fun of him because he's so much bigger." And then he's like, "Is he like Aaron Donald bigger? Like I'm confused. Like I couldn't quite. My mind wasn't quite understanding so, what I was so, looking at."
1: So. Uh, 50 cent had the look of an off-season bodybuilder
3: yeah, okay I, yes, that's yeah. a great way to put that's it good.
1: someone who is is muscular but puffy as hell
3: yeah i mean those that's... arms are weapons like they yeah, are it's... he is in mm-hmm. decent shape but he had I yeah,
1: the, then he had a gut and moves and like yeah like, <laughs> like, like just, hey man like how about how about uh, cutting back on the salt like, <laughs> like you'd be okay. Yeah, I, like, I
3: will not be the one to give dietary suggestions to 50 cent. Nope, I just want nope. to be clear. So
1: so everyone like the 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 running gag going around is like, "Oh, he looked like a whole dollar." <laughs> um, <laughs> which yeah, like that's a good line, but I, I saw it like 20 times. My take was that 50 cent looked like a 50 piece nugget. I think that was my I haven't seen that one. It was unique. I'm just
3: happy he's getting getting paid yep. because uh he's uh yes. All all major major cornerstones of, of my younger years were the, the well, people like who came out
1: the last time that 50 cent was relevant to like the social stratosphere was during the als ice bucket challenge
2: <laughs> i forgot about no that. kidding do you remember was, that i don't remember uh, it. Yeah, i totally
3: remember yeah, that's it. six years ago six so, to seven years ago
1: so during the als ice bucket challenge which by the way 50 cent still looked like cut mm-hmm. granite 50 cent um He challenged Floyd Mayweather to read one page of a Harry Potter book. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
0: Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get
1: started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. That's wild. So yeah, that was that was like the last time that Fifty Cent was in the public eye.
2: <laughs> also, kudos, right. kudos to Eminem for kneeling um, in defiance of the NFL telling him not to kneel. Yep. What were they going to do? Cancel the halftime exactly. show? Exactly.
1: Right. right. I mean, also the also the fact that it wasn't during the anthem. So what are you going to get mad yeah. about? What are you mad about?
3: There's it's One literally are you mad about. People are finding ways to get mad about it, but yep. because they just desperately need to be mad about something. Um, I'm not even sure if he was like kneeling. Pro- protest wise it didn't like it didn't strike me in the moment like See, oh my gosh uh, yeah. he's kneeling
1: i thought he was doing like the blade pose
3: sure yeah like, <laughs> and you know when they're all in their like 50s and looking good the blade thing makes sense to yeah. me you know that's a very good reference um we should talk about packers before we, should, we, we uh, should. get to questions <laughs> do we have to well <laughs> we is it, don't is have aaron, to is but... aaron rogers gonna be quarterback they're gonna be packers next year
2: um, I think it's like, it's, it's like 5 to 1 odds in Vegas, right? Yeah, it is. Seriously? They're plus 500 right now for for Rodgers coming back, which um I, wow. I think that's the best bet on the table in Vegas, but uh it's still not a sure thing, but uh we won't know till we know, but I, I feel like there's been more noise about him coming back lately. Make of that what you will. Um so who, who knows, but uh he you know, he could have after the season ended just said all right, this is fun. I'm done. I'm going to move on, whatever, or done his I'm going to retire thing. But the fact that he said nothing is probably good for them. It probably means he's at least open to extensions and things like that. And Here, Here's um, the thing. There is no way in
1: hell that Aaron Charles Rogers is going to share a Hall of Fame stage with Tom Brady. It ain't happening.
3: <laughs> Did we really think he was going to retire? Like, Yes, it's, it, the possibility
2: was there. Also,
1: the amount of... The amount of not Packer fans that are not hip to the whole situation that think that he's a free agent still.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is kind of crazy that they do control him and he can't. It's do not anything just about the fans. <laughs> I mean, think
3: about all the all the coverage we saw of the Tennessee him buying the house in Nashville area. It's oh. like you got to realize it's not just about what Aaron Rodgers wants; it's what the Packers want too. Yeah. Like, yes, he can come to them with all the leverage and be like, "Trade me here, or else I will retire and screw you guys." Yeah, that and if he retires, top.
1: he owes them nineteen million dollars. Right.
3: It's not likely that that's gonna. <laughs> To happen so if if you guys don't have the draft picks or the capital to get Aaron Rodgers, then it's not happening. So I don't know why that wasn't baked into so, all of the reporting. I, it kind of is getting there now. I guess yeah, I have,
1: think have so. we broken the f bomb barrier? I don't want to be the one to do it.
3: <laughs> I, I we think haven't. Yeah, yeah, we
1: no, I, dude. I dropped a couple. Oh, I dropped okay, a couple. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers has fucked around. And now he has to find out. Yeah. We said this exact same thing last year. He has no leverage. After all the, the mess that he made last year, he walked away with one year of his contract voided mm-hmm. and Randall Cobb. That is it. Yeah. That's all he got. He has no leverage. He has nothing except for a stupid haircut. <laughs>
2: well, and, yeah, it, it, fake leverage of retirement. That's, that is all he's got. If he doesn't follow through on it, then he's got to play for the Packers. Yeah, and guess what?
1: The Packers front office is vindictive enough where if he retired and he wanted to come back, they would be like, well, we still have your
2: rights, bitch. Like, <laughs> Oh, uh, I mean, absolutely. That's not being vindictive. That's just being smart. That's smart. Right. Yeah.
1: But that's what, like, you're not going to get like a Tom Brady situation where it's like, well, we're just going to let you walk. Yeah. Or, uh, or shit, even Rob Gronkowski's rights got traded for what, like a sixth or something?
2: Yeah. Yep. Like, that's not going to happen. So I guess I, I would put a slate. He's coming back at this point. Um, but, hmm. I mean, you won't know till later on. So.
1: so there's some cap gurus think that it can't happen. Some cap gurus think it can. Um, apparently, you can get everyone back if you screw yourself for 2024.
2: That's correct. Uh, I mean,
1: by 2024, the cap is going to be huge. So you probably aren't screwing yourself.
2: Yeah. And um, th- there's the the calculators out there. And that does appear to be the case, that if you... Uh, if you get market rate for basically every important free agent and you extend Rodgers and Adams and push out a bunch of money into void years to 2024, you can essentially bring back the whole team. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Jr. J- Stokes.
3: they J- R- skeptical. <clears throat> um, I-, I mean, I'm still... A, I-, I just have such a strong believer in Andrew Brandt and he's been wrong before. He was he did not think Carson Wentz was getting traded, uh, and he he was like, "Wow, I didn't believe it." And it's crazy these teams did that, but okay, that's ha- that happened. And he still just doesn't see it. He I still do agree with it. you because
1: Andrew, Andrew knows his stuff for sure. So here's here's a problem with with Andrew Brandt. How long has he been out of the game? For sure, for a, sure.
3: A while, But his, but his he... finger is still. He's still. Yes, he may not be in touch like that but he just
2: he just reads the tea leaves so well sure he and I reads mean, the
1: tea I, leaves but but he reads the tea leaves based on his experience with a limited salary cap yeah i get and it not an exponentially but growing it's not
2: one. just that with ender brett it's also actually knowing aaron Rodgers' personality like and sure. not that many people who know aaron Rodgers speak publicly and I mean, even the ones who do are like greg jennings and jermichael finley who you know <laughs> yeah. there's some baggage. don't really Andrew know brett doesn't seem to have that kind of baggage with aaron Rodgers. he just seems to have a fairly honest assessment of what kind of person he is so uh, he's also making that determination off of what he thinks he's capable of Um, That's still why I think it's worth giving some credence (laughs) to him. So, okay, we we have to briefly touch
1: on the the gossip news, right?
3: What?
2: About Shailene? The the breakup? Yes.
1: So, I guess. A fun point... um, that my friend adam made today was that aaron Rodgers is enough of vindictive asshole to not live in the same city as his ex that's so the he's first thing that occurred to me but that's so stupid, he's obviously not going to be a bronco
2: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> i was like that's the dumbest thing that my brain has ever come up with because it's a giant city you're not going to just run into people randomly. <laughs> denver is not a giant city it's not it's not rich but people it, live in one area like, okay
1: like you very much like de- denver Metro Denver, including I think all the way down to Castle Rock, is less than three million people in a pretty big geographic area. Okay,
2: fine, but three million people is still a lot of people. Like, sure, <laughs>
1: it's but what I'm saying is like like <laughs> that that includes middle class, and Aaron Rodgers would not live in the middle class area of Denver,
3: running into Shailene at Whole Foods or the exactly local like, Metro yes. Market or whatever. Well,
1: this is awkward. Uh, mm -hmm, mm. i noticed that you are getting the uncured bacon from sprouts i am also getting the uncured bacon from sprouts you know what my reaction to the
3: shailene news was which first of all i am always treading lightly when we go into somebody's personal life because it's always a little bit gross yep but like i'm actually i felt kind of i don't know my first instinct was to feel sad for him because he cannot maintain any relationship with anybody, professional know, she's or personal. Talking,
1: she's talking mad shit about him. Look, <laughs> right. Okay.
3: And, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers has done enough in the past year where I, I don't really truly feel deep sympathy for him on any level. <laughs> well, but maybe on this deep level where it's like the guy – he it seems like he keeps score of every slight that's ever been done to him in his career. Yeah, and that's not a good way to build healthy relationships. Nope, it's professional not professional or personal. And it feels like I mean, obviously, how do I know? I don't know the man, but like, it feels like it. It permeates everything: his family, his his loved ones, his his job. Right. is. because just like, Aaron
1: Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a sociopath who learned emotions from books.
3: <laughs> Look, that that might even be true. I don't yeah. know, but it's just honestly, it's like. It has to be. There, there is still a degree of sympathy I have for, like, the dude is at the top of the world, but he's got to be lonely as hell because he can't, he can't, like, how many people are it is in his inner circle? You know, like, how many people does he not alienate with, like, oh, six years ago, you told me my tie looks bad. Yep. So I'm holding that against you forever. Like, it's, it just, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm a little sad for him. I'm not going to lie. A little sad. Yeah. Yeah. Not too sad. Not too sad.
1: I think, I think if you are flirting with 40 and you're still that kind of dickhead, I have no sympathy
2: for you. I just think uh, some in some of these circumstances, you don't have that much control over how you were. A lot of it's about how you're raised and how you happen to be balanced in that brain. And just learning sure. emotional intelligence is hard for some people. And uh, he's a weird guy. He's always been kind of a weird guy. He, he had a weird path to the pros, be, I think partially because he was a weird guy. And um, it. Uh, I, I have some sympathy for him for that. But also, like... Like learn from your mistakes once in a while. Maybe <laughs> well, shut up sometimes. You know, wait,
1: well, my favorite my favorite Aaron Rodgers fact is when he read the book Gunslinger by Jeff Perlman, which does not paint Aaron Rodgers in a very good light. Um the only thing that he combated is I never called Brett Favre grandpa. Like there's literally a, a passage in that book where it talks about Donald Driver took him aside and told him to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he doesn't d- doesn't deny that. Yep. I'm sure it's true.
3: That's wild. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, his sort of idiosyncrasies are why, and I've said this before. It's a Zach Granke situation. We truly don't know what he wants or yep. what he's going to do. We don't. We have no idea. So we, we can try to predict Andrew Brandt. ourselves. Anyone can try to predict it, but there is a level of unpredictability here where you know his. So so often we could just say, well, what's what's the best situation financially, or what's the best situation playing time, the most likely to get a ring. We really don't know his motives. We right. don't know at all. So it could it could go any number of directions still. And maybe the Packers, maybe it's just Occam's Razor, and he comes back with the Packers.
1: Look, he's here to chew bubblegum and make terrible movie references, and he's all out of bubblegum.
3: <laughs> I like the dodgeball references, though. I like oh, god,
1: it, Aaron, oh, god. Just, it's like his sense of humor stopped in 2009. It may have. <laughs> it's
3: a arrested sense of humor. Is that a thing that can happen to people? I guess. <laughs>
2: yeah. You might say it's an arrested development. It might, which would be a good yeah. reference for actually earlier for, than that. Yeah.
3: Hey, before we get to questions, real quick, holding uh, a linebacker with your eyes is not a no-look pass, going back to the Super Bowl? Yeah.
1: You wrote this in
2: very, in all caps. It's not.
1: It's, I refer to it as a head fake.
2: That's fine, but it's it's not the same kind of no-look passes that we've, we have out of Mahomes. And,
1: yeah, Mahomes um, is throwing straight-up crossbody.
2: Yeah. Like, you could see Stafford's head, like, go back and forth, and the linebacker following him, and him just deciding, oh, the linebacker's following me. Uh, you can't see me doing my head fake right now on the podcast, but I'm looking to my left. And then, <laughs> hey, speaking
1: speaking of things that you can't see because we're an audio podcast, mm-hmm. um, I posted my screenshot as I always do on oh, my Twitter great. account. Currently behind Paul is apparently a murderous Ty Montgomery.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're seeing, but I don't think that's what that is. <laughs> He did did yell at me on Twitter once, so it could be. What the the hell is that? (laughs) Which thing are you talking about? He sees what looks like
3: 88 in the closet behind you, but that's not even a number. It's something else.
1: There is is an 88 jersey on what looks like a giant scarecrow. (laughs) Yeah, I
3: see it the way you see it, but I'm pretty sure that's not even a jersey. I'm pretty sure that's not even an 8 I think it's
1: toilet paper.
2: It's no, toilet, yeah, I think toilet. I think it's uh, paper towels. Actually, there you go, so, paper yeah. towel.
1: So yes, yeah, so when you when you look at the go to my Twitter at colin matub, look at my screenshot. So it, legi- <laughs> it legitimately. What well, I didn't plug the website. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Great <laughs> small victory. It legitimately looks like an '88 jersey
2: with arm coming out, like coming up. Yeah, I see it. It's like how okay. when a little kid sees in their closet, I and it, I there's it. a monster in it. Yeah, I moved my desk for better internet, but which. By the way, <laughs> seems to have worked so far. This um, so is far. great, but this is great. One of the I'm problems using... is the background is my utility room and my creepy downstairs carpeted bathroom. So, um... well, f- for
1: those who don't know, Paul uses a uh, SM58, which is phenomenal at uh, ignoring background noise. Oop. As Anyone? background noise kicks
2: so, right in. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that, good timing. That, that is a work call. Yeah. I have that's to take this. A, that's fine. That was we'll,
3: incredible. We'll oh and what's and, and up is gone gonna, that's amazing that's oh good that is art not that, a bit. there's no way that could have been time better there's nope. art
2: all that right we going to dive in it let's do questions <laughs> hopefully he'll be back I'm just I love it. that's phone raised
3: <laughs> oh he didn't even have a chance to appreciate the comic timing of his phone kicking no. in there on a background noise discussion amazing he
2: will when he listens it's such a
3: lovely chime. All right, let's get to questions. We got, uh, we got a bunch of them. Um, although not, uh, not the tomes that we have had on previous. So we should be able yeah. to get through most of these. Our Patreon questions start with Mark put Scarby. If the Packers go decide, to, if the Packers do decide to go all in again, I hate all in. I hate that expression. <laughs> what sort of consequences are we looking at down the road? Are we talking about a two, or three year rebuild in the future or a five to
2: six year rebuild? Also, there's no way both Rogers and lover are on the team next season. Correct. Um, so there are no five to six year re- rebuilds in the NFL. Like right. it just doesn't happen. If you're taking that long to get better, you're you're just a bad organization. You've you're, made you're, mistakes. Yeah, yep. you're the Bears, the Lions, whatever. Um, so it does not take that long to rebuild, even in salary cap hell. I mean, the Saints are in horrible salary cap hell, and if Jameis Winston doesn't get hurt, they they probably make the playoffs. Um, that that's that's how quickly you can come back if you play your cards right. Yeah. So here's the thing, uh, and we talked we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but the salary cap does expand drastically allegedly don't know this for sure um starting in 2023 because of new tv deals and things of that nature and so um everybody's sort of keen to push money that still puts you at a bit of a competitive disadvantage um because other teams still have more money than you they could still sign free agents etc but um if you're not like over the over the cap in uh, 2023 and 2024 you can still do stuff. And that's really the the key thing to keeping the team moving along because most of your important players, uh, you want to be young and cost controlled. If you do a good job drafting and developing and you keep your cap good two years down the line because the cap expands and and you're not crippled um, by being 50 million over, you can still do some work with that. So I think that's what you shoot for. And, it really does, I hate, I agree with Jared, I hate all in, but it does make sense to do as much as you can while you have the, the great quarterback on your team. It, it does, because you don't know what the future's going to bring, and it's so much harder to win without the great quarterback. It, it just is. Saving your money for the hypothetical future when you don't have Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it, it's very likely that you'll want to lose some of those games if... Jordan Love is bad, and they don't have another quarterback in the wings. So um, first, it, it's it's never that bad if your organization is good. It's not five to six years; it's more like one to two, two to three is even. I think a little bit longer than most places have. It's all about finding a quarterback and having a smart organization. And uh, also, just point out the Packers with Lafleur do have one of the few coaching trees that seems to be able to win without an elite quarterback. Yeah. Uh, as we've That's seen why he was here. Stafford was and Garoppolo. So um, I- even if they are bad for a couple of years, there's a good chance they'll still be good two, two years down the line if they can just get an average quarterback and keep the scheme rolling. So uh, not that bad. Pushing pushing money into the future is not that bad in the NFL when the cap's going to expand. It's going to be a big expansion because of the artificial depression that COVID caused. It's going to balloon, and uh, you can you can make some hay with that.
1: Artificial depression is the name of my band. That's a good bet. I, yep. I don't mind that
2: bit
3: versus uh, some of your others. But uh,
4: <laughs> the reason
3: <laughs> the reason I don't like all in is just because it, it presupposes that the team hasn't been all in on, on previous years. Like, yep. this team should have gone to the Super Bowl this year. It should have gone to the Super Bowl last year. This, like, this they team were in... should
1: have fired Mo Drayton in week. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> yes. And, I mean, if you want to say that wasn't all in because they didn't, I mean, fine. But, like, they had the pieces in place to be a championship caliber team. They have done it over and over again. And, really, in the last 30 years, over. Over and over again, and yes, Ted Thompson didn't handle free agency the way that I think a lot of us would have liked. But that's not the way Brian Gutekunst has operated. We talked last time or two times ago about his sensational free agency class that has paid off so handsomely when he when he got the Smiths and Turner and uh, Adrian Amos in the same free agency class. They they do things differently here in a salary cap league all in you know you can't just go out and buy the the five best players at every position nope. like that just doesn't work so a hard cap
2: you, you can yeah, spend you, what have you to, can spend and that's you can't spend and and any more they have
3: spent what they can spend because they are in salary cap hell they have done their part to put themselves in position to do well so i i often think it's like well why would you know how how is it different going forward especially with like you said Matt LaFleur is going to be here long after Aaron Rodgers he was brought here to be the guy who is leading this team without Aaron Rodgers yep. The whole point is they can they could succeed without, you know, without that stud quarterback. I don't know if they can succeed next year without that stud quarterback, but yeah. I wouldn't rule it out either. We we talked about this division is gonna be sucky Just and bad. Just I terrible. don't think Jordan Love is the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He sucks. But that doesn't mean doesn't mean they don't find somebody who can do it, you know.
1: Yeah, I love Paul's short interjections. That's like my favorite thing.
3: Hey, real quick on that on that topic, I, I think we've we've talked about this before, but just maybe a Cliff's Notes version. Yeah. You know, we didn't know a lot about Aaron Rodgers going into his third year, and, and, and in fact, the 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 film we had seen on him was, oh, he might not be good similar to what we have with Jordan Love, was there a, a, a clear mark or two that suggested that Aaron Rodgers could still be something greater that we're not seeing or maybe don't have access to with Jordan Love?
2: Was it the Dallas game? There was the Dallas game where I think he was at least like making plays. It was kind of that's an ugly game. 2007, though. Yeah. Like
3: that is his third yeah. season in the yeah, league. That's
2: right. The, the, the main thing with Aaron before that, the, that game is he was just a better prospect than Jordan Love. I know they were drafted around the same time, but um Aaron was a much more accurate college passer um which is the thing that I like and most people like in, in terms of what they want to see a college guy do um he actually had a good completion percentage he was very high in that uh, and so he was just a better pedigree like I, I hate using that word cuz it often denotes bad things but uh, <laughs> he was uh, we should when we we're evaluating these guys we should take their college like prospect dumb into uh, like into consideration a little bit because well the
1: big the big knock on rogers was his coach right yeah it was
2: jeff tedford and he was jeff tedford he was yeah. w- his go watch aaron Rodgers' cal throwing motion it's weird but it's so weird that like you see it and it's like well that's easy to fix you just teach him to throw like a normal human which the packers basically did um a- and aside his weird thro- throwing motion he was super accurate and compared to the other tedford quarterbacks like Achilles smith and uh well, i forget all the other crappy ones he had but Um, Aaron was very, very good in the ways that you want a guy to be good. Jordan Love wasn't. He was very inaccurate. He he never had a good accuracy season in his college career. He is a project quarterback. And he's a project quarterback that we've gotten to see play quite a bit. He, He should show some kind of progress. And all he really seems to show is um sort of a mechanical walkthrough of coaching points like uh, okay if we back up we back up we look at our feet uh we, we set our feet we turn we look we look we look we look like you can kind of see him doing that um he's a, his processing looks mechanical that's no good um it, it, but the main thing is this like rogers was better in college um and so he was starting from a higher floor um, when you're making the consideration of if he's going to be good, that matters. Um, he, he was coming from a place where you could project him to be pretty good, even if he didn't improve that much. And that's not love. Love needs to improve a lot to get to respectable NFL quarterback them. And uh, he's coming from a lower floor. He hasn't shown anything like that yet.
3: All right, Dr. Hillbilly says, the consensus seems to be that bringing back Aaron requires bringing back Devonte, or vice versa, meaning if there's no Aaron, there'll be no Devontae. How does their bundling impact what hypothetical contract the Packers might be willing to offer so we can all do this last
1: dance again? <laughs> so we, we have kind of beat this to death. We yeah, we touched on it earlier. Um, it is possible you, quote-unquote, screw yourself in 2024 by adding void years, and but you can give Devontae and Aaron their market value. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Yep.
2: Okay. And um,
1: yeah, the, the only, really in this situation, the only person that you lose, I think is Darius.
2: Yeah. Which, okay. Preston, yeah, but yeah. also they didn't have this year so, either. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Brett Smith says, uh, Uh, Actually, he has some nice things to say. Not a question, just wanted to say thank you. Your podcast helps me unplug for a little while each week, so it was great to hear how much you guys really enjoy making the show last week. It's been a lot of fun listening to you guys grow as a team. Thanks, Brett.
1: Oh, man, that's so good. Like, if if we got nothing but, like, mean comments all year and then just that one, it would have been worth it. (laughs) Uh, Patrick
3: Detmer also says just want to start by saying thank you to all three of you I started listening last year decided to become a patron this year the Packer coverage along with the analytics perspective bourbon recommendations and retro video game references ha. have been right up my alley and made it a sound investment this podcast has become the one I look forward to the most each week thank you very much Patrick but now he has a question oh, a right. few weeks ago you discussed really crappy football video games from our childhood how did NFL by LJN oh, not oh get
1: man. mentioned that is a bad game
2: uh, okay. I've never heard of that okay so, so
1: anything anything I think LJN is bad.
2: You okay, just, I have a, like, you... I, I have a story about this game. I can actually tell. <laughs> First of all, Matt's right. LJN makes terrible games. Uh, infamous <laughs> for their Jaws game, uh, but they also make a baseball game in addition to LJN football, and uh, it's worth talking about both of them for a second um, <laughs> because I own this game as a kid, and uh, it's on the front of it is the LJN base- baseball game is MLB baseball, and the football game is NFL football. Despite those names it does not have any of the names of any actual players in the game. What it does have is their statistics from 1989. So <laughs> if you know what their statistics from 1989 were, you can tell who is who. I can tell you the um, it's like a logic I, I, puzzle. I might be wrong on the year. In fact, I'm almost sure I am thinking about it because I know the Brewers uh, had Paul Molitor and Dave, uh, Dave Parker, uh, whatever mm-hmm. season roster it was in baseball. Um, In uh, in eighty nine or ninety, LJN actually got sued by a nine year old in Connecticut uh, for false advertising that uh, they had the MLB license and and didn't put any of the players' names in the game. Um, And uh, they ended up LJN won the suit. Um, There was apparently no damages, so but but they were sued for it. And this football game, MLB baseball is not terrible. It's playable. It's not as good as RBI, but it's kind of similar. LJN football is real bad. Um, It is basically unplayable. There is no way to tell what play you're calling. Um, There's basically no way to intuit how to throw a pass. And it is just... Ten-Yard Fight is the first um, football game for Nintendo, and it's, it also sucks. It's nine-on-nine. Nine. They couldn't fit all the sprites in, but it is ten times more playable than this game that came out two years later, um, which is from the Tecmo Bowl perspective and um, a contemporary of Tecmo Super Bowl and a thousand times worse. So, yeah, we should have... I mean, there, so, there's so many bad football games, though. That's the thing.
1: So many. Anyone, anyone who's been eternally online since 2003, 2004? Well, be very familiar with the angry video game nerd. Um,
2: he has you, you don't know the angry video game nerd? Uh, I know a lot of video game nerds. I'm sure I know that one. Now his his I, literally... I understand. I, I, yes, he's called the angry. Um, I got it. Yes, he he
1: talks a lot about LJN, and that's where like most people who are um, on the lower end of millennial and into Gen Z would know the name LJN is from him. Um, he literally just in December talked about the LJN NFL game. So that's how many bad he's been. He's been making videos for almost twenty years, and he just now got to the LGN sports games. That's how bad they are.
2: So uh, one quick one: they do make one good game. Um, They make the Friday the Thirteenth Nintendo game, which is actually a good game. That game game is not good. It is too good. That is so not good. (laughs) No, it's good.
1: Tell you what, Paul. uh, As a as a Patreon exclusive, you should do like a long play of
2: (laughs) of Friday the Thirteenth. I'll do that. One of the few Nintendo games that depicts the murder of children.
3: <laughs> All right, we're we're uh, we're moving on. PJ Wessels says, <laughs> with today's news, does that mean Shailene was not in Aaron's inner circle? Or does he go through inner circle people faster than Chicago goes through quarterbacks? Also, sticker twist with Aaron, because the front office with picks and flexibility sounds more fun and exciting than another offseason of Waves Hands Everywhere, this. <laughs> Waves Hands Everywhere was a... Uh, in, in asterisks. I don't know if I said uh-huh. quite quite phonetically like I, I wanted you. to, but uh well, I, I um know. I think Shaylin is not in his inner circle. I think that might be the case. Yeah. But uh, we, we know, know David Bakhtiari is in the Friday fun group that he shouted out because uh he made a comment about that on Twitter, right? Yep. All
2: right. And you stick you stick with him because he's good. Even though he's, do you think if Aaron
1: Rodgers ever met Michael Myers he would like super fan out
3: Yeah. Like, <sighs> Maybe. I don't like screaming. I can't picture
1: it. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, apparently he thinks that Michael Myers is just, like, the peak of comedy. So. Or Mike Mike Myers. Myers. My
3: my favorite piece of Mike Myers Uh, content actually has nothing to do with him he was playing the straight guy it wasn't a performance but this was
1: the we're talking about Kanye West absolutely talking about Kanye West
3: absolutely (laughs) where the the horrified expressions on his face when Kanye West looks straight at the camera during a fundraiser and says George Bush doesn't care about black people the (laughs) expressions Mike Myers made in that horrified moment were absolutely the best things he's ever done and he's done great stuff I love Wayne's
1: so just just to put it into, into perspective how long ago that was
3: that was katrina right Post that, that, katrina. Was,
1: that was katrina that was yeah it was a red cross katrina um telethon
3: it was a live telethon yep. oh was, my god what a moment was, in
1: time it was before youtube was the king of internet video sharing and so literally i got an email with that mp4 <laughs> that is-
3: yep yep and kanye like kanye made good points like kanye's a, a checkered character now but like he was saying things like they they see a white family they're saying they're looking for food they see a black family they're saying they're looting this is kanye and i'm paraphrasing
1: (laughs) actually you're doing you're almost yeah
3: i mean i will never forget where i was when i saw this video and uh and and mike myers is like uh the the devastation of katrina has led us to you know like he's just like speeding through the script (laughs) the far part
1: is, is he he looks up while he's realizing what kanye is saying it's so, goes, oh. it's so good
3: it's so good And then kanye just straight like totally unrelated to anything that has come before george bush doesn't care about black people oh my gosh what and then a just con- they
1: continues to go that's oh, so good
3: yeah oh uh, <sighs> back, when, back when kanye made sense uh we got and, some twitter
1: questions back, back when kanye made good music
3: Oh, well, I don't know. To each their own. Uh, I I do love I do love that album from 2011, <laughs> Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. All right, Twitter, uh, Matthew Matthew says, uh, "How long until we see Al play calling? As an Al or AI? AI? I don't know what he's it's referring AI. to. Oh AI! Yes. Oh jeez, duh! I thought he was referring to like a person on the coaching staff. I'm like, does Rich Pasacha have like a nickname yeah. or something? His no, his AI. last
1: name his last name is Kaholic. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Looking, looking uh, for no. an He's talking about
3: AI. He wants coaches gone, robots in. Uh, robo, robo ump's now, <laughs> robo coaches
1: I, now. I think I think robo coaches should come in for fourth down.
2: They should. Um. Sure. I think that this is an interesting question because I think it's mostly based on how much technology you're allowed to have on the sideline more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, AI is very good at uh, picking out weaknesses from patterns and. Uh, if you fed it, uh, if you made if you made a good one and you fed it plays throughout the game in formations, um, in crucial moments, it could give you actually good advice and actually do a good job play calling. AI's has um, conquered most strategy games at this point, even Go, which they thought it never would. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's mo- mostly about the NFL restricting what you can get access to. So
1: um, something I would like to, I guess, kind of tangent off of that, the big data bowl. Oh yeah, has like a theme every year, right? Mm-hmm. Like this year, it's it's special teams. Um, what if something allowed the Big Data Bowl to go after AI play calling and do some kind of like predictive, like what do you think they should do in this, like like feed them data and then look at famous games and it's like what do you think they should do in this situation? So like like feed the data of the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl to an algorithm and in- in- see
2: <laughs> in- in- if they give it to marshawn no i just want that to happen oh i man. do too
3: that's a brilliant that would be amazing i love that so- idea matt they <laughs> yeah should- i'm just i'm just saying like <laughs> that that's really cool yeah. i do think the ga- the game management time management is the type of thing that i feel like c- could be handled somehow by ai or computers or someone who's just like Type in with a laptop because there's so many decisions that are baffling in retrospect, but they're they're not the easiest math problem when you're focused on 40 other things. So, like, sometimes you just need what's going to
1: happen is Microsoft is going to do some kind of backdoor update to Cortana to give AI play calling. And the only people that are going to know about it are the Seahawks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's fair. Geographic. Look, yeah,
3: that's fair. Oregon. Oregon has their crazy outfits and Seattle will uh, will be ahead of the curve. Head of the curve technologically. It's perfect. Quentin Witzel asks, do you prefer a hard salary cap that allows restructuring of contracts and deferred money like the NFL or a soft cap with very little contract manipulation that allows teams to retain their own players like the NBA? I have to think the Packers would prefer the latter. And while that's true, the bird rights thing, the way that the NBA works, also very complicated salary cap. But I'm sorry, Bird, bird rights, bird rights named after Larry Bird, in fact. Uh, the rights to to basically teams are allowed to pay their players more than other teams are allowed to pay their players in free agency mm-hmm. however it's much more complicated than that but however basketball football are just two completely different animals you know you've got a much greater longevity fewer guys on the roster one's you know, a by bird, factors of one's three a <laughs> one's, a <bird. laughs> one's a bird one's a pig very good you've had good lines on this one thank you. You, you the week off you've polished That's your game excellent. i like it
1: uh but uh but it's i just, come out of bye weeks oh, better different. than matt lafleur does <laughs> yeah
3: you do buddy oh that's really good um i forgot that that adds to the to the bi-week legacy with the uh, the loss to san francisco i hadn't i hadn't thought yeah, about that does. in a while
2: um, all right so what do you think paul the i think that the the NBA's uh whole structure is excellent and it's basically the best in professional sports everybody seems happy with it which is bizarre um Player, The minimum salary is relatively high. People do pretty well. Um, players really do make their money there, um, and there's a lot of certainty for everybody, including the owners. So I think it's sort of the model for all the other sports, but you're right. Um, there are a lot fewer players. Uh, injuries are, I think, a lot more predictable. Football's weird that way. There's they're, they're, they're not comparable. Football's so weird. It has giant rosters. People don't play very long. It's really hard to do. Uh, it's really hard to have a salary cap, when uh, and and guarantee contracts to guys who get hurt all the time that's a very practical problem i think nfl players um should get paid more generally speaking but i don't really think the structure is the problem there Um, i think they need to do a little bit better job negotiating their share and negotiating their splits uh, more than anything else. I mean, yeah, I think I think
1: the problem is the NFL needs a better players' union.
2: It does. It's at the worst union. Um, aside from that, though, we always hear there's no guaranteed contracts in football. It's not actually true. Like you can negotiate a guaranteed contract in football. Kirk Cousins negotiated a guaranteed <laughs> contract in football without using signing bonuses. You can you can do it. It's just not the norm. Um, and that I think is really. Uh, uh, the, the people, are, like I think, gloss over the fact that that exists because um, it's hard to stay under the cap if you have money committed to a bunch of guys who only last three years. But it's also not fair that football players who just don't play very long spend their entire time under the rookie cap uh, and can't get paid, especially running backs. So um, there definitely needs to be sort of a baseball-style reckoning, I think, of Young guys need to be able to get more money than they do right now. It's when they're best in football, and that, that's their big problem. So you couldn't fix football with with the NBA structure, but football has some fixing to do. Yeah.
3: All right, old man on a bike in Sherlington says, I'm all in for tra- <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in for trading rogers for a hall of picks but it seems there's little incentive for the front office to roll the dice and risk a losing season ergo their jobs when rogers seems like the best chance to win next season what would it take for the front office to take the chance i do think they would get quite a bit of leash year one two three without rogers i don't think one bad year is the problem and in fact i would expect that if they have like three bad years then yeah they're probably going to lose their job but you know like i said lafleur was brought here for the post rogers era so they're going to get a little bit of time to figure it out
2: Yeah, I think... Yes. This is... Well, Love hurts them a little bit here, I think, um, because he is their pick, and if he flames out and they don't have another plan, it probably... It shortens that leash a little bit. Um, But uh, you're right. um, They'll have plenty of time post-Rogers to get something figured out. But, I mean, this is not a... If you have just your choice between the two things... Rodgers is the easy pick because every year Rodgers plays extends your window because you will almost, if he doesn't get hurt, almost certainly have a winning season and make the playoffs and have a shot at the Super Bowl again. So um, there's not really... Alright, watching right. some gold medal hockey and uh, hockey just, just like, took one off the post. But... i was just thinking, oh, J, I found the hockey game. All right, uh. <laughs> oh yeah, <I> found my <laughs> hockey.
1: See, I, th- I thought you were watching curling, but I guess the U.S. No. just finished, didn't they? Yeah.
3: I would not pump my fist at a curling match. Oh, I man. am uh, not Tex. I, I I don't mind curling. I no, enjoy it, okay. but like I, I'm very invested in this in this hockey because it involves Fair a on. lot of Wisconsin connections. Anyway, carry on. It's carry fine.
2: On. I'm done. You keep Rogers. You win. You keep your job. Simple as that. All right. That is a good
3: formula. Jeremy Penn says, Was it totally predictable the refs would ultimately decide the outcome?
1: (laughs) He's talking about the
2: Super Bowl, or just predictable, just garden variety predictable? It was
1: totally predictable.
2: (laughs) It was. Uh, Here's the thing, though a slight disagreement, because we have seen officials in Super Bowls. Completely swallow their whistles and not call Jack the whole game. It's uh, it's a big problem that the NFLs had where corners have been able to manhandle receivers in a lot of games and not get called for it. the, the problem with this one was they didn't call crap for most of the game, and then in the last two minutes they decided, oh nope, everything everything's called now. Now the rules have changed. Um, the big ten except, energy there, except for false starts. Except for false starts, we're not going to call those. Um, so this, it doesn't happen every playoff game. Uh, some playoff games are called consistently um, and usually conservatively. And it is actually a little unusual that they went flag crazy at the end of this one. So um, not a foregone conclusion. So your answer, my answer is it wasn't that predictable. It was only kind of predictable.
1: Well, I think the fact that the small market team was in the lead and was about to secure the win.
3: Oh, <laughs> come on. We're not doing that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Nathan Beckel. I don't know if that's quite how we pronounce it, but I'll go with it. If they bring back Rogers and Adams in 2022, actually, is that actually the Last Dance? As in, how many more years could they realistically keep kicking the can down the <laughs> actually, road? Actually, if kicking if the cap can down the road.
1: If they bring them back in 22, you have to start referencing a different movie. It is no longer the Last Dance. It is Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you think the Rams title, man, Electric Boogaloo is referenced all the time as the uh, like faux sequel thing. Yes, I don't know how man. it managed to corner that niche. Because but, have uh, you
1: seen Breaking 2?
3: Of course not. It Why is... would I do that,
1: Mattel? No, because I, that's your era.
3: I don't have time to watch things I want to watch. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> late 80s, man. Late 80s? What? That is not my era? Shut your mouth. That's my era. <laughs> I am a 90s kid. And I dare I you?
2: have seen it, so. I am it's hurt. A, it's awful. Breaking 1 isn't good. Break, Breaking 2 is awful. Breaking One is good.
1: <laughs> Breaking One has interesting dance scenes. It's like, it's like the way a musical forces people to sing, mm-hmm. like yeah. Breaking forces people to dance. <laughs>
2: that is correct.
3: All right. Hey, it continues. Do you think the Rams' title is going to provide the impetus for a stars and scrubs roster?
2: Yes. Yeah. Basically, the, la- the
1: last two Super Bowls have been stars and scrubs rosters, mm-hmm.
2: and I mean the Saints gave it a good. Good try too, and drew's arm just died before they could get it done so uh i think that is just a smart way to go when you've got an old quarterback and that's what they're gonna do if they keep him which they will probably maybe
3: who won the last super bowl i'm drawing a blank
2: but the, oh yeah never mind um
3: yeah the stars and scrubs thing i just feel like it just doesn't give you as many bites of the apple and that's how the packers have operated i know it hasn't worked out but I just still feel like that is the way to get a Super Bowl is to constantly give yourself chances rather than let's uh, let's see how this works and hope for the best when we get hot in the playoffs. You know, because that's what the Rams got. They got favorable matchups and they they, they were hot at the right time, I guess. And, you know, they didn't have to face the Chiefs or something in yeah. the Super Bowl.
2: All true. But uh, I've given plenty of credit to Ted for not getting them in cap hell before. And I think that's all deserved. But the main reason they've made the playoffs so much is because they just tandemed Favre and Rogers together, and not that's really true. their cap management. So
3: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, deal to close us down. When did the Hall of Fame start lowering its standards, and why? Or is this a general public thing? This is about Matt Stafford and not Leroy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> they lowered so their is standards
2: that... a long time ago, though. That's the thing. Their standards are likely to get better, not worse. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think that presupposes that the Hall of Fame agrees with the Twitter discourse that Matthew Stafford merits yeah. uh, Hall of Fame inclusion, which, as we said early on, I'm not, I wouldn't be positive of that.
2: He's not in yet. There, there's not too many egregious choices as of late. So... Uh, I think yeah. as are there any
1: egregious choices that you would say. I not really think of than, any of the top of my head Um,
3: I, I, I'd like to dive into one that's oh, a little yeah. weird. Okay. It's this this class. I mean, no you, there are no egregious choices because these guys are very good players. Bryant Young is a very good football player. That shocked the hell out of me that Bryant Young of the San Francisco 49ers was one of the five because he had fallen back the, the previous year. He, he'd been a finalist before, but last year he fell backward to semi-finalist and didn't make the finalist cut. Guys like Jared Allen, not a defensive tackle, but a defensive end, you know, like similar, similar, I guess, close to similar. Uh, he he maintained his, his status as a finalist and Bryant Young somehow leapfrogged past him. Well, We're talking about a guy is... who was a one time all pro.
1: I don't get that one. Oh, he was—he was he uh, 3 times second-team All-Pro.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, um, don't get me wrong; he's a great player. Like, he,
1: he... I'm ninety percent sure this was his last year of eligibility.
3: I don't think not. Bryant Young, Sam Mills—it was his last year of eligibility. So,
1: Bryant Young retired in two thousand seven. Yeah, that was twenty-five years ago. Two thousand
3: seven was twenty-five years ago. In what?
1: No, fifteen, no, 15, 15, years, 15 ago. years ago. I'm doing the math wrong. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, no. So, no. So yeah, he had ten years left. Yeah. Then I have absolutely no idea why.
3: He's... <laughs> um. And and you know, like Clay Matthews last year was in his last year anyway, and they they passed. They're like yeah. no. Oh shit, Canada scored. Dog on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh,
2: shit, Canada. You know, you're right. Uh, Bryant Young is a weird one. Um, it,
3: it, it, that one just shocked me there yeah. were a lot of other guys that i thought would get there first no first ballot guys that made some sense to me i i saw seymour Baselli, sam mills to a degree coming because sam mills was in his last year i thought he had a so, leg up i don't get bryant young
1: you're i'm gonna i'm gonna say this again for the second podcast in a row nagler made a good point this week oh wow really yep uh no he, offense aaron right so he said <laughs> he said that uh he thinks it's kind of asinine that stuff like the All Decades team is being used as criteria to bring people into the Hall of Fame when people like Hub Arkush are the ones voting on the All Decades team. He's wrong
3: about that part of it though. The All Decade team is not a sports writers thing. It is by people representing the Hall of Fame itself. The Hall of Fame has a committee that makes the All Decade teams. Those things are a lot more official than people realize. Okay. And, and tend, so
2: also tend to be the, very high quality and get exactly. people like Larry Butler on them. When popular sentiment may not have done so,
1: so but he was saying that like looking at, at something that a sports writer would would
2: have effect over as part yeah. of the Hall of Fame criteria I, is a poor choice. I get that totally argument agree. In, in baseball. That argument's been made to death, where um you know they just compound each other with All Star voting and, and writer voting and things like that. But uh, but yeah, the All Decade team I think is legit. Brian and Young, it's
3: borne out by this every every first teamer on the '70s offensive defense, the yep. '80s offensive defense, then '90s offensive defense because mm-hmm. Leroy Butler has now clinched that. Yep. In the '2000s, with the exception of Dwight Freeney and Tom Brady who aren't eligible yet, and Lorenzo Neal who's a fullback at an era where fullbacks stop being important, mm-hmm. Lorenzo Neal is going to break our streak. But still, like th- there is a correlation, and it is hardcore.
2: <laughs> Bryant Young was only good for about seven years. It is very strange that he got in. Um, And he like seven years I think if you have an excellent peak gets you in, but his peak's just it's it's good. It's fine. It's not great. It's okay. He had he had comeback player of the year.
1: What happened in ninety eight? I don't know. Okay. I'm with you. That's a
2: weird one. I don't think he should be in.
1: He threw me for a loop. Yeah. It, it, just
3: the the whole process of him going back to semifinals last year was a tough year with three surefire first ballot guys made it just that much harder to be a finalist. But that's fifteen names, mm-hmm. and and so for him to fall off, I think is sort of an indictment. And then he comes back this year and he's in, and it's like really that that because uh, Leroy Butler posted that he you know like the video that everybody saw that he was getting in, and then he posted a picture of himself with BY. I'm like BY, who is BY? That's not that guy's not <laughs> on my radar at all. <laughs> And it's uh it's Brian Young. Holy smokes! I just did not see that coming. That one really threw me for a loop. The other the other ones all made sense. Ooh, I think the Canada goal got, goal got disallowed.
2: Ooh, yes.
3: Did a trucker Back get Canada.
2: in the way or something?
3: Uh, it was an offsides challenge. Okay. Canada was offsides on the uh, very early in the possession. Sorry, sorry. Let's move on. We're all not right. talking hockey. No, that was the last question. So, yeah, we're done. <laughs> oh, we are talking hockey. We're done with
2: football. That's yeah. great. <laughs> on to all hockey. All right. All right. Uh, before we get out, Jr. Anything good?
3: Any plugs? Ah, I'd love to say yes, but alas, no. I mean, I wrote a little bit about Alex Cavallini, who is from Delafield. She went to Arrowhead High School. She is in net as we speak, as we speak <laughs> in this recording for the uh, for Team USA in the gold medal match, gold medal game against Canada. The Canadian goalie is Anne Renee Debion. She And Alex Cavallini were teammates at the University of Wisconsin. They they played on the exact same team for a year Uh, in college. They are now opposing each other for a gold medal. There are, I believe, five players on both teams that played at the University of Wisconsin. This is a Badger heavy, uh, Badger heavy Winter Olympics, as it frequently is. So, Uh, so I wrote about that a little bit. Um. I don't know if there's anything else cooking. It's uh, we, you know what? I'm doing a podcast, Brewers podcast for baseball fans with Tom Hodricourt this week. I believe it's the last one we're going to do before he retires and rides off into the sunset and moves to Virginia, back to his home in Virginia. So, uh, so you'll want to keep an ear out for that. You can check that out in all the usual podcast places as we, uh, you know, sort of re- look back at his career a little bit and try to look ahead to whatever there is for baseball. There isn't much, <laughs> much to look forward to at this point. Oh God, Canada! Get God! <laughs> <laughs> that unfortunately was bad goal goaltending. I think. Oh no! Very sad. Very uh,
1: sad, oh, dear. You had right. you had to curse her. It's yep. it's the sports it's the sportscaster's curse, indeed.
3: Uh, and I don't know. I'll have to see the replay. But I'm Mason sad. Crosby
1: has made thirty six field goals in a row. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> there, there goes one off uh, Yeah,
3: right, Matt. Yeah.
2: Anything for you?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, next week I'm going to be on uh, Windy City Gridiron Podcast Bears Over Beers. Are you really? Yep, we're doing an NFC North roundup, so oh. it's going to be it's going to be me, Mike from uh, Pride of Detroit, Pride of Detroit. Okay. Ted from uh, the Daily Norseman, and uh, then it's the podcast is hosted by JB, aka Jeff Burks, mm-hmm. from Windy City Gridiron.
2: All right, cool. Everybody check that out. Matt, yeah. try not to get them too mad at us.
1: they bring me on because they don't expect me to actually be intelligent Ah. people invite me to things to just be like funny guy (laughs) (laughs) little do they know Uh. (laughs)
2: Just
3: because this was on record somewhere Mm -hmm. Uh, it was not terrible goaltending it was a uh, uh, tipped tipped pass by a wisconsin badger canadian past the wisconsin badger american goalie so uh so it's fine wisconsin
1: badger canadian it's true
2: yeah it's true all right we're done with this i apologize time to go um all right i i will actually have a mini pod this week um on on the the best ways to rebuild um which i already had recorded and, and then i had to go into legal stuff for a week instead uh, so that will be out there and uh, that'll kind of do it I- I'm taking a little bit of a break here writing wise because I did a lot of writing this season <laughs> you wrote so much uh, and uh, I need I need a vacation uh, but uh, we'll have draft stuff up pretty soon um, scouting is, is moving along um, Tyler and Justice did a nice preview of prospects the other day on the Acme Packet Company feed I urge you to go check that out uh, but yeah that'll, that'll do it for us until news breaks or drafts happen and uh, you know we'll be, we'll be back uh, shortly when that happens so Oh, trade it. back. Tra- trade uh, back. I love oh, the, man. I have to dig that out of the the uh, the gif uh, bucket on oh, my computer.
1: Um, for the first time and possibly the last time, the Detroit Lions hold the 32nd pick in the in the <laughs>
2: trade. Oh, that's right. Oh my. god <laughs> uh,
1: Your guy Dyer
3: got uh, got. I think uh, SportsCenter tweeted out his uh, did a
2: the little bleacher, bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. Yeah, yep. yeah. That did. Uh, also that was happen. a very good line. Very good line. <laughs> Jeez. All right. All right. Th- that'll do it for us. Uh, enjoy the off-season, I guess.
1: Once a king of hearts, the card you chose, only Mr. Presto knows. Prepare for my most mystifying feat. the card you chose is under your seat.
4: For his most
1: mystifying feet, the card you chose is under your seat.
3: Now hold up your cushion, surprise, surprise, right before your very eyes.